I swear you would be of more use to me if I skinned you and turned your skin into a lampshade. Or fashioned you into a piece of high-end luggage. I can even add you to my collection. Are you saying that you have a collection of skin luggage? Of course I'm not, Dee. Don't be ridiculous. Think of the smell. You haven't thought of the smell, you bitch! Now you say another word and I swear to God I will dice you into a million little pieces and put those pieces in a box. A glass box that I will display on my mantle. <gasps> All right. Now that that's settled, we can have a normal conversation. You're listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast. This week, Baco's Plus One is... From the Blame Your Brother podcast, Dave Brewington. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and today my plus one is the voice of the people, uh, oh, the host of co-host of the Blame Your Brother podcast. Welcome back to the show, Dave Brewington. Hello, Baco. Thanks for having me. It's all, it's always a, a pleasure to join the Cobras and Fire, <laughs> you know, world, the universe, and I'm, I'm excited. We got some great things to talk about today. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now I, I do want to get into a little horror conversation. Uh, because you guys uh, did a, a Mount Rushmore of horror movies, kind of in in uh, uh, in honor of Halloween, that kind of deal. Uh, let, I don't know if you've had time to listen to the epic episode we released for this week, our Halloween one. Have you had a chance to check it out yet? Not yet. I, I saw the title, so okay. I, I'm ready to jump in. It's out there, so everybody knows. Uh, it is <laughs> it is basically a table read, a uh, a dramatic reading of Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then I, you know, I spent like t- about two weeks every free evening trying to, you know, spice up the sound effects and things of that nature, just, just combing, or combing the internet for royalty free wow. uh, music. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to check that out. That's going to be fun. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for your feedback then. Um, well, hey, one of the things I wanted to talk about I was reading a quote attributed. To Glenn Howerton, the actor from the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" TV show, are you are you familiar with the show? I think you you commented it on a, an unrelated post on on Twitter that mentioned that show with like three or four others. To was some kind of like poll or something. I anyway. yeah. It, so just quick on that, it was which of these would you drop? And it was comedies. It was Seinfeld, Always Sunny, Friends, and Big Bang. And I thought. Well, Big Bang and Friends aren't funny, so <laughs> let's uh, let's change. I, I thought it should have been. Always Sunny, Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and um, Arrested Development. I think that's a, a better, you know, that's tougher decision for me. I don't know which one I would drop, but I because this is a hot, I think Curb Your Enthusiasm, it may be funnier than Seinfeld. I mean, I, I genuinely enjoy it. I mean, it's the same guy that wrote it, obviously, but, right. the, you know, there's no PG rating, so it, it goes in places, you know, it shouldn't go. But, yeah, I'm very familiar with Sonny. I, I love it. 
Uh, it, I'm, I wasn't able to track down the the actual. I don't know if he said this or not, but it really talked about how basically the show is satire. It's meant to be satire. It's meant to expose the worst of of society, and that that got me thinking just a little bit about like you know because we do. We definitely have some uh, satirical takes on our show from time to time. Um, I'm a big fan of that form of comedy. And it, it just hit me that, like, it's it's really in the last five or six years, maybe a shorter period. I don't want to get too political with this. But it seems like satire used to have a point. And now that the point still exists, but now people, rather than, you know, they, they don't understand it. They don't want to grasp it. They, they feel attacked. You know, I mean, we just had a president uh, who, and again, don't want to get too political, but you cannot deny that he acted as if no president had ever been made fun of on Saturday Night Live or late night talk shows before. You know, and and, and the White House Correspondents Dinner, which is the opportunity for the president to take all those pot shots right back, you know, he, he just refused to do that. So... I'm just stating a fact as well. I'm not trying to turn this into something that's going to somebody tuning out right now. But satire, really, which is too bad because it can be an effective tool to kind of, I don't know, highlight some of the more ridiculous things about society. But it seems like we're just kind of driving into it. I mean, how many times do you hear references to that movie Idiocracy? When talking about how the world is being run today, you know, you had a president that every time they talked about water, everybody thought water was only used in toilets, not to grow plants. I mean, the the problem became, you know, you used to watch South Park or you could watch Family Guy if you, you know, if you like to animate it, things that were very good at, at satire. SNL is <laughs> another good example. The problem, you know, so when they did Bush or they did Clinton, it was exaggerated versions of the character, right? I mean, w- and I'll just say with Trump, you literally did not need any more exaggerated <laughs> versions because you could that. just play... You know, you could just play the actual clips like there's a clip out there where he literally and people can say whatever they want. It's, it's out there. He literally suggested injecting bleach into your body <laughs> to fight. That's viruses. not what I, he said. I mean, that's close to it. I mean, no, if someone I, wants to I, find I'm, it, I'm oh, okay. I regurgitating like, the I got you. the nonsense yes, the, that people would. It's like, look, I, my, I honest to God didn't want this to be about Trump and and trying to call out defenders of that because i i believe satire satirical angles are lost on both the left and the right when it comes to just how sensitive we are to everything right. um and 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 also just almost like we're almost turning it into like it's a bad thing you know i mean like it just to me it should be embraced yeah it should be a little edgy and that kind of stuff right. you know but I'm, i i think i've called myself you know i'm not very pc but i'm progressive you know i mean i don't really I don't censor myself a lot when it comes to the shit that comes out of my mouth, and sometimes I, I regret it. But <laughs> for the most I, part, I mean, I'm okay yeah, with it. I'm there with you. I've, I've, when I used to do the podcast, when our brother was on there, I mean, there were times when he would go, "You can't say things like that," and I go, I, "I'm obviously being over the top and dramatic about it." He goes, "But mm-hmm. people don't don't know that because we're starting to take everything very seriously now. Like you watch any show, and if you know, like this Chappelle." you know comedy bits a big thing like people are really upset about a comedy special that is one man's view on the it's one man it's one Mm -hmm. man's literal view on the world they're acting as if he speaks for the entire population it's like i mean richard Pryor was pushing as many buttons as he was doing carlin you go down the list comedy was never meant to be the end all be all It, it is a commentary on society but it's done with humor it's done with a person's perspective and people get 
upset now at every comedy special that comes out or every comedy show. You're right. Like, oh, they're making fun of my people. It's like, yeah, but I mean, that's the joy of it. Like sometimes even me, I'm like, I can look at things that are making fun of me and go, yep, that's right. You know, we'll come up to some bands later. I'm sure in this episode where I'm like, <laughs> like, yes, this band sucks. I can laugh about it and yeah. still like it. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Embracing who you are and realizing that we're not perfect people. You know, we're starting to lose track of that where everything's got to be. You better have lived a perfect life your entire life or you're done for. And it's like, what, what is this world coming to? You got to allow people to make mistakes, grow. And, you know, sat- satire is a great tool for doing that, for exposing just how ridiculous life is. Like Sonny in Philadelphia mm-hmm. where the four over-the-top characters that just did stupid things that you shook your head and said, okay, that's funny. I get what they're going at. And now I don't, I don't know if, you know, I'm sure the show is great. It's one of my favorite shows, but I don't know. It is great. I, I, I'm sure people would get offended a little bit by it now. I, I have friends that are like, I can't watch it. It's too, I'm like, too much. Get out of here. But yeah, it's, it's just, everything's polarized now. It's it, No one can take a joke as much. And, and there's a difference between insulting a group of people with hate or, or making kind of a joke about just an event or anything, you know, and I don't know. Everything kind of swings, you know, everything swings to the left, swings to the right. So hopefully I'm hoping that some, we're going to get back in the middle a little bit. Cause that's little balance. really, that's, yeah, that's where we all really want to be, you know, regardless of whatever side said, that's why it, when people say America works, that's when it works is when both mm-hmm. sides, but you know, it's just, it's a polarizing time and uh, comedy is, I'm glad I'm not a comedian right now because there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of comedians writing down jokes going, can I tell this? Like, cause not all comedians are Chappelle. You can't just go out there and you're bulletproof. I mean, there's some comedians that I've read about just like went out and they're like, you can't tell that joke anymore. It's like, Oh, come on guys. It's laugh at, at the ridiculousness of it. Well, I, I, I do know. wonder if like a show like Sonny, it carries on much longer. Is it cause almost every joke is really at the expense of the character, not the person they're attacking. Because everything is so ridiculous, and so st- it really makes them look like just hateful, angry, and ignorant, mm-hmm. which is the beauty of it. But but we got to be getting close to where everything is going to be literal with them. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, you can't. I don't know, like especially the stuff that the Danny DeVito says. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they're all the. I mean, I sometimes think which one of those characters is not the worst? And it's like, none of them. They're well, it all rotates. the rotates, yeah. It's like yeah. They, they always have different teams. Like, it, <laughs> yes. it's, it is really well done for people who haven't checked it out. But, yeah, it's not a... It's not a it's not a soft family comedy, you know. Um, no, yeah, you know, and you know, for you Big Bang haters, it's it's smart enough for you. But yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I agree with your assessment. Big, ba- by the way, circling back, Big Bang and um, what was the other one? Friends. First of all, Friends. Friends is the one I'm cutting out of there. I don't really have that big a problem with Big Bang. It's not the most groundbreaking television show, but. For 30 minutes, it's something that, that my wife and I can both watch. Maybe that's what it is. It's like, yeah, whatever. I like the characters typically, but yeah, it's it's not real edgy writing. And, you know, when a show is on as long as it is, you don't really feel bad when it goes off, one of those things. Right. But, but it's definitely well, yeah. not of the Seinfeld ilk, and it doesn't have anywhere near the writing chops of uh, uh, the other shows you mentioned. Um, uh, God, the Larry David thing. Uh, Curb, yeah. Yeah, Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm and then Arrested Development. I'm sorry. Well, I think the difference between like a Seinfeld and those shows you mentioned is Friends and 
Big Bang works because people love they fall in love with the characters, right? Go. So yeah. because and, the, the plots are all pretty thin, right? But Seinfeld, Curb, Arrested Development, Sunny, you're not in love with those characters. You're like, oh my god, these are the <laughs> worst people, but I like watching them. I don't want to hang out with them ever. Friends, sure, I'd hang out with those guys. You know, maybe I, there might be, but Big Bang, sure, I'd hang out with those guys. So I think that's. And I, I, I listened to some, a podcast somewhere. A, a writer was kind of explaining that he goes, "That's the difference between those sitcoms and versus like mm-hmm. sometimes a single family, uh, single family or single camera sitcom." You know, is is just the dynamic of the characters. But Big Bang, I just feel I could be doing other things with my life. You know, but if my <laughs> wa- now if my wife was a big fan when I watch it, of course I don't have anything. Yeah, it's not it's not the worst thing, but. It's fun when someone likes it that's on a show with you to kind of give them grief about it, you know. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's not like a it's it's not a hot hot take for me or anything like right. that. But because uh, it, it is, it, I you you probably know the feeling as well when your wife likes a show that is just dreadful. It is the worst. <laughs> fun now i know by the time this comes out we're going to be past halloween and all that kind of good stuff i do want to have a little horror movie talk because i am a pretty big fan of the genre in, in two different directions um now you guys did a, a mount rushmore of, of the greatest horror movies of all time do you by chance remember what you picked it's not key to where well, i'm going so but it wasn't the greatest horror movies it was uh i think it was scariest movies mm. and so oh what was on my list i definitely had uh well i can name some that were listed poltergeist which i believe john took uh we had blair witch on there we had um halloween was on there oh my god uh he had paranormal activity which i've never seen and um god bless i think oh, i had uh, the omen the original omen on there uh because when i look at a lot of and i was looking really as I, I was a child any movie where the children were evil scared the living <laughs> hell out of me yeah baby because you know when you're growing up you're like oh these adults are going to protect me like children of the corn oh they're killing the adults i'm like oh no we're in big trouble here you know so who's going to protect us so i always thought that was a fascinating thing of, of like this like exorcist you know that mm-hmm. the girl's you know evil and she's possessed you got omen damien's evil children of the corn so that used to be like a big a big theme you know and i, I always kind of that kind of hooked into me when children are evil it kind of disrupts kind of our entire view of, of society. like whoa children can't be evil but that's that's some of my favorite movies i um 
I, 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 I remember talking to my stepdaughter when she was, I don't know, in that age, like 10 to 13. I don't remember exactly when. But she really was afraid to watch scary movies. And, and I was trying to explain to her, I was like, I, I understand that, and I'm, I'm not going to make you, but I want you to realize something. This is a small window in your life where these things will actually scare you. You will never be able to experience this at 15, 16. By the, once your mind gets a certain level of sophistication, you may not even enjoy the genre at all. And that, that's okay, too. But I do think uh, that that is a conversation every parent needs to have with their, their tween. Uh, you know, it's like when they get to that age, it's like, well, you know, yeah, it's going to scare you. But, you know, I, I think you should check it out. Right. <laughs> because that, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I wouldn't like it if, if I didn't have that experience. I wouldn't know it because I never had it. But, but I'm glad that I watched some of this shit when I was 10 years old and it scared the crap out of me because there's no way I could watch any Friday the 13th and be, be scared at all. No. And it is wild to think that, I mean, because you're right. I was watching a lot of those at like 10, 11. I'm looking back going... Where were my parents at? I'm not even sure they were around. They, they were just like, go go do something. You know, go go watch the movie. It's going to give you nightmares for two weeks. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely, to people our age, it was like a rite of passage to go see Friday the 13th. Like, mm-hmm. that was a thing to do. People were, were talking about it at school the next day. My kid was like, yo, can I watch Squid Game? And I was like, no, there's no way you're watching Squid Game. I was like, that is, <laughs> and he's 11, so... Yeah, it's, 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 they've wanted to. They've asked about watching it, and I'm still kind of like, uh, maybe. Man, talk I mean, about I, us. I that, that one. That one's pretty messed up, man. Yeah. So, so what are some of your favorite like horror movies? Then? I, I kind of go two different directions. There are ones that I think are actually really good, really well made movies that I enjoy as a movie. You know, I, I um, more recent ones like I like The House of a Thousand Corpses by Rob Zombie, even though it was kind of a little over the top. It's still so well shot and cut and it's just beautiful to watch and and it's just you you almost root for the 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 bad family in that one um get out uh um uh what's the the jordan peele he did a couple of horror movies it's like this is just keep doing whatever you're doing man i want more Uh, because he had that other one too uh i can't remember us i think it was called yeah us yeah not quite as good as get out but man both of those were just amazing but I also really like just campy, over-the-top, poorly made movies. There's this movie called Monsterd. I, 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 when I found out about it, I just heard the title. I put it on my Christmas list, and my wife came through. I don't know where the fuck she got it. But yeah, that is, it's, it's, it literally was, it's this giant tur- this guy who, through some radioactivity in the sewer, turns into a giant turd and then terrorizes this town. I just the other night watched a movie on Amazon Prime. We talked about it on an upcoming episode called Lamageddon. It's about a llama from space that crashes into Earth and then goes on to kill a bunch of teenagers at a party, and it's really poorly made. This thing maybe cost $2,000 to make with an iPhone. Uh, but I, I, So I like that kind of stuff, too. You know what I mean? Evil Dead, uh, that whole oh, series. Yeah. Army mm-hmm. of Darkness is probably my favorite of, the, of that. But Jesus, they're all uh, really good. Um, man, uh, even um, uh, what's... Uh, Jennifer's body is kind of a recent one that was kind of fun uh, that Dia- Diablo Cody made. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the With first uh, human Megan centipede. Fox. Actually, the second human centipede is really fucked up, but it was a lot of fun. I like the Saw series, even though it was basically the exact same movie over and over again. You know what I mean? I, I guess right. I probably didn't need the last three or four, but the first, you know, handful were fine. 
So those yeah. those would be the, some of my go tos. Now I think Halloween might be the best made Halloween horror movie. Um, and I, and I, and I watched a documentary about the making of it and some of the stuff that went into that. And, uh, John Carpenter spent the money in the right place. Like, you know, they had th- that steady cam that was kind of like where they could do moving shots. was brand new. Mm-hmm. So he invested in that and he made sure that the, the film was, I don't know, whatever they, they shoot it and then they develop it was done through the, uh, whatever the main, the main company that, that charges the most and everything else was just like, well, if we can get it, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's obviously a classic. I, it may, I mean, as far as that genre of of horror movies, I, I think it is the best. You know, especially for the time period and everything. Um, you know, I yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't watch as many now, but when I I do, I, I look for ones like someone told me I need to go watch Hereditary, which I have not watched, I but I've heard it's I've heard it's really good. It's like so now these these directors are making well-made ones you know you still got the campy ones coming out but uh like midsommar came out oh i forgot about that one that's i, that I think is, i put that on my list for for you guys maybe or maybe it was a, a an ulcer rank because i gave you my own top four yeah yeah with like i don't know four or five more right did you see parasite that foreign film actually it was yes. up for like okay yes. now i'm not great with subtitles and it took about 10 minutes to get into that but my lord that is a fucking masterpiece yeah. Well, I didn't. I did not know what the movie was about at yeah. all. Like I, I, generally at the end of the year, I try to watch every Oscar movie just to kind of see. You know, I'm I love movies, and and I didn't know what I thought. Parasite was literally a, a horror movie, and I got into it. and I went, oh, this is okay. It's it's something completely different, but mm-hmm. it was it was definitely one of the best movies of that year. Yeah, it's, I kind of considered a horror movie, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was more like a, a monster horror movie. You know, I thought there was like a parasite. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, this them. is closer to a thriller, but yes, yes, for and sure. And one of the great. coolest twist endings ever. Uh, yeah, just really good, <laughs> amazing. I mean, some of the some of the cinema from you know Japan, China, things like The Ring is another one that's this creepy as hell, man. Like. You said movies still don't scare you. That one actually, I saw that as an adult, and I was a little mm-hmm. bit freaked out. I was like, okay, yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> I guess once again, same thing. Scary child, you know. So, <laughs> the Grudge was actually probably yeah. scared me. Uh, the Woman in Black with uh, Harry Potter in it. That for I think because of the way it looked and how silent it was most of the time, the jump scares were very effective in it. But right, uh, I don't know how much I actually liked the movie. I really don't remember that much about it, but. Well, fair enough. Uh, what about your your kids are old enough to trick or treat? Uh, do you have any? I mean, do you guys do you go out? Yeah, we do. We've um, so do you, I got does 13. Dad dress up with the kids, or does he just? No, know. no, no, no. I I don't stick again, in I'm, the I'm not, mud. I, well, yeah, I am pretty much. <laughs> uh, I've never really enjoyed dressing up as an adult. I know a lot of adults get into it, and I've just I've never got into it. Uh, I've got it. So I got thirteen year old, eleven year old. They're kind of at that age where they're yeah, like... Yeah, 13's almost eh. done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he pretty much is done with de- dealing with his parents at all, you know, but... Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we got but we got a three-year-old daughter, so she's she's ready to go, mm-hmm. and, you know, hey, it's an excuse to walk around, meet some neighbors you never met, get some free candy, so I dig that part of it, but I don't know, man, I just... Whenever I would go to Halloween parties, adult Halloween parties, I, a lot of times I would just not i'd show up in just regular outfit i was that guy and i was like eh, i just don't want to be stuck wearing this outfit all night long if you're wearing a mask you're trying to drink that gets uncomfortable if there's weird things on your hands you know i'm just when i go to a party i'm ready to partake you know mm-hmm. so it's um 
some of the outfits can get in the way, but well, you got to plan fun. around that, man. You know, uh, I, know. I, uh, I I definitely made sure I could use the restroom without undressing with every costume I ever had, and also the whole mask thing was a pretty much a, a non-starter for comfort and for drinking. I just uh, sure. I didn't like him as a kid, and I can't handle him as an adult. But uh, I don't know if you know this, but I was married on Halloween, so you're probably uh, talking uh, to the wrong guy when it comes to like uh, dressing up as an adult. Although we're not dressing up this year, we got nothing really going on. So, well, I'm pretty sure my I believe my brother-in-law was married on Halloween or right around it. So, I mean, yeah, people do it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I, like I say, it's not my least favorite holiday. It's um, it's a fun one. It's you know, it's fun to get out, especially when you have kids. It gets a lot. Mm-hmm. Of fun. I guess in my you know, before I had kids, kind of floating in the mid twenties, I definitely would go to the Halloween parties. But the the level of enthusiasm for some adults was like, okay, let's chill out a little bit. But <laughs> hey, man, people Buzz get dressed kill. up; it's fun. So you know, it's you're all the good. guy who shows up with a T-shirt that says, "This is my costume." Yes, uh, I'm. Yeah. I'm Jim from the Office. As John always reminds me. Yes. There we go. Oh yeah, that's a great comparison. Basically, since the What If show started coming on Disney Channel. By the way, I still haven't checked out an episode, and I, I loved that comic back in the day. Uh, but you guys get into basically kind of covering the latest What If. You know, it's a Marvel series. It's like, and it kind of, I, I don't know, I'll let you describe the show. Basically, it comes up with scenarios. Like, I remember one of the, the my favorite comic book ones was What If Hulk Had a Brain? You know, okay, um, yeah. that kind of thing. So, and, and and I think a lot of listeners are probably if they have the Disney Disney Plus and they're they're familiar with with all that stuff. But but uh, I kind of explain that like how you guys get into the topic, and then I have a what if scenario that you and I can debate on our own here today. Okay, yeah. So what if, and it's an animated series which might cause some people not to jump into it. I mean, if you if you're a fan of Marvel, you've probably watched WandaVision, you've watched um, Loki, you know, you've watched all those. And when I first saw the previews for this, I went, animated? Uh, I don't know about this. But as I watched it, it's a very good series, like you said, that takes a concept. What if uh, Steve Rogers had not become Captain America? And it sees what would happen over time each episode. The good thing about the series is it kind of connects everything in, in a weird kind of way. So it's kind of fun to watch each episode. What if uh, Black Panther had become Star-Lord was another one. Um, and and so we talk about that a lot. John would give his favorite episodes kind of the pros and cons of each episode and uh yeah i read the comic as well one of my favorite ones what if hulk had killed wolverine or oh i I remember that one and i think there was one what if wolverine had killed hulk it was like so they would take all these crazy ideas and just it it was fun you know especially if you read comics as a kid it was very 
main characters were not going to die. Like the, Superman was, if he died, he was dead for like two episodes. But this this series, anything could happen. You know, your favorite mm-hmm. person could be killed off. And in the series, if you haven't watched it, it's very good. I would highly recommend it. It's it's a fun series. It's it's like twenty minute episodes. So you you know, a lot of episodes are you know when you get on Netflix, it's an hour, which is it's a lot to partake you know of your time, but. Good 20, 22 minute series are fun, and this is one of those. So I would highly suggest people go check it out. Yeah, you guys actually talk a lot of Marvel movies in general. Um, yeah, that's usually when I'm like, you know, skip ahead 30 seconds or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm the buzzkill. I, I, have, I have tapped out of the, uh, the superhero movie genre for the most part. There are some really good ones, and every now and then something will draw me back in. But for the, but for the most part, I'm like, it's just the same shit. So. Yeah, I, I'm not big on nostalgia, but. When I grew up, comic books were kind of like my thing, you know, so... I'm surprised I, to hear that, because so many people who love the movies, it's the opposite. But anyway. Really? Yeah, I just... I, I don't know, man. And so I'd waited my entire life for a good movie, you know, and I, Batman 1989 came out, and I was like, eh, yeah, everybody loved it, Tom, but I, I was like, eh. And then what was the other one that came out? Uh, oh, Spider-Man, the first one I went. Eh, With I Tobey Maguire? Eh. Tobey Maguire was like, eh, I yep. think it could be better, you know. And then Iron Man came out, and I went, oh, that... This is what I've been waiting for. Okay, so so yeah, I'm I'm loving it. I'm just Iron Man to... probably is the gold standard. The the first yeah. Iron Man. Um, I did like the first uh, Spider Man with Toby. The second one was where I was like, oh boy, right. Um, and then when Hulk came out, the first one with Eric Bana. Oof. Um, man, I I almost left the movie theater during that one. Uh, uh, it's bad, I, but. <laughs> All that said, uh, I do have a little what if scenario for us to talk okay. about today. Now, I, I, I harp on you know the the streaming music industry and all that stuff, uh, not paying the artists, even though that might have been the inspiration for this. That is not where I'm going. This is literally just a what if conversation. What if digital never found its way into music? You know, and I guess that we have to start with the CD. You know, that would be kind of the the entry point, and that kind of led us to where we are now. So let me uh, tip it to my guest here first, or we can just kind of discuss this as we go. I don't know that I have a necessarily a hot take. I'd kind of like to almost bounce off of you as we go here. Right. Um, yeah. What, do you, what What? if, man? What if we were still recording analog? You know, I mean, there's there, there's a lot of things that would be drastically different. Well, yeah, the entire... Not just the medium, the, the no, process. No, I mean, I, I think the entire landscape of album production would be different because, I mean, anyone... I mean, you just got to be honest about music today, right? Mm-hmm. We grew up in the 90s, albums were a thing. I mean, I'm not saying every band put out a great album, but there were many bands that put out great albums, start to finish, mm-hmm. themes, tracking sequences. That's that's almost dead now. Like an artist most the EP is like a huge thing now. Let me put out four tracks on Spotify. Let me put out six over here, you know. And it's rare. That's why when I can find today complete album cuz I I start collecting vinyl and so people are like, how much vinyl do you buy? Only buy a vinyl when I think it's going to be a great album. Mm-hmm. If it's something I can put on, walk away from, and listen to. I don't want to listen to three good tracks, have to go over, flip to the second side, you know. And I think, yeah, d- digital music allowed for for singles to essentially identify an artist. I mean, you look at like a little Nas X, right? Hey, Old Town Road, I think it's a great song, great, good for him, but... I don't know that all those artists, and maybe he does, maybe that happens, but that's most artists now. Mm-hmm. Single, single, single. It, it essentially, I mean, is rock, you guys always ask, is rock dead? 
is rock dead for the mainstream i would say yes like there's still us people out there that find it but rock used to be for the masses you know because these albums were out and people would talk about them and hey if you heard this album let me let me make you a mixtape and this thing's like that when's the last time anyone made anyone a mixtape no you go on spotify you pick like six songs and you send it to someone there's no craft in that no it, i mean I, I would say the playlist has kind of replaced the mixtape a little bit but that's it's i think it's fairly cool you can craft it by the way i don't think people do right but um it's, i mean it, you know i mean you used to like i'm talking cassette tape mixtapes right i was making those i would have a girl i was interested <laughs> in i would spend hours making the tape putting out the songs having the theme and that's just that's dead. I mean, like I said, I, I watched a High Fidelity on Hulu, and Ama- oh, the TV show though. Yeah, and I, oh, I mean, the movie actually, is amazing. I I didn't I, care for the-, the the movie's great. I like the TV show, but the difference was in the movie, John Cusack talked about the art of making the mixtape, mm-hmm. and in this series, they talk about the art of mi- making a mixtape. But it's a Spotify playlist. She sends her ex boyfriend. I'm like, wait, wait a minute now. Like, I understand you put some thought into this, but there's just not a lot of work that used to be done like it is. And I don't know. It, I think there would be I think there would be more rock bands at the center of, of mainstream music today if if the digital platform hadn't come. Because I mean if you're taking mainstream, who who do you really have? You have the Foo Fighters, I mean I, I mean I can't even, I can't name ten bands that your your neighbor might know who they are. You the know, weird I thing mean, is though, like every city now has that uh, kind of that metal rock station that plays the same fifty songs. But yeah. um, of course, it's the last one I find. Um, just real quick, I'm going to show you this. Uh, we we were going to talk about this in the show, but frankly, forgot about it. I don't know if I can get this up to where you can see this. Oh, um, look at that! Can you read that? Otherwise, I'm going to have to read it to you. Yeah, it says uh, prom. Sure, fuck. Yeah, that was my that was okay. my mixtape for prom night. <laughs> what do you know? What's on that? Yeah, actually, it's it's really embarrassing. It is not good. It, it, this is um, this is the problem, and this is why it didn't work. Uh, uh, but uh, I played. It was you know because I was such a music nerd. Um, it was it's really more crafted for like these are the type of these are the songs you should like that you don't. You know, oh, it, no. it really isn't like the set the mood kind of, you know, ah, okay. <laughs> it is. Uh, I don't I, I had it written down. We were going to do a whole show where we actually played the tape when we played part of the track. So you could kind of hear the de- degeneration and stuff with that. But uh, and maybe we'll get back to it. But you're you're 100 percent right that like and here's the thing I don't like um, and, and that digital has brought on. And it, you could talk about the iPod all of a sudden being more important than the, the, the music that became the front thing. That was kind of I know we're talking. 20 years ago, but I'm just saying that was part of the, the transition we're going through. When you say like a mixtape, a mixtape doesn't say a TDK mixtape or a Maxell mixtape. It's a fucking mixtape. You can fucking put it on whatever tape you want. It's a mm-hmm. cassette. It's a generic term, but now it's like a spot. Of, it's like we're fucking we're just embracing branding, you know, and, it, and for what? You know, so Spotify can be even, you know, a bigger fixture. I just, I don't like that. I, I, you know, it's, it's to me, I always like when a movie like creates all their own brands, like, you know, the, the, from the pizza to the pop they're drinking, everything, the, the, the stores, like mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Smith did, did that in Mallrats. Every store in there is basically just made up. 
I like that. I don't go like I don't want to be clever with the the lingo and oh, did you get my Spotify playlist? Oh, I'm listening to it on my Samsung GS10. Yeah, it's like you know, it's just, uh, so yeah, that, that that's kind of irritating. But to to move ahead a little bit to what you were saying there, um, I, I do think Rock probably would have a, a stronger foothold in because it's. It's too easy to do every other form of music. And, and while it is easier now to record at home, um, and, and rock bands surely can do it, and there's a lot of records that are made you know, a lot cheaper than it would be, uh, and that, that, that could be considered a positive, it still is a lot more fucking work to make one rock song than an entire Cardi B record. I mean, look at all yeah. the records Tupac released, and that wasn't necessarily uh, um, a digital thing. But how many albums did he release, po- you know, posthumously? How many songs? That's because these weren't actual songs; they were just him in, in a vocal booth, just freestyling or just going off of whatever he had written or anything like that for two hours. And now you have someone come in, cut it up, uh, you know, and, and basically turn it into music. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's true. It's you know, the 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 rock band was basically a couple of guys getting together trying to craft this this art and then putting it out for people i mean go going to get cds was like it was a religious experience mm-hmm. i mean you would know the date these cds came out you would be at wherever you went tower records wherever your name your place great escape down Tuesdays, here days baby you would be there when it opened i need that i need that cd you know and now <laughs> I could, I can't, I cannot tell you when any album will ever be released. I, I just don't. I mean, short of an email from whoever going, "Hey, we put this album out from yeah. indie artist," I, it just doesn't matter because it can be consumed by anyone. There used to be work. I mean, you go back to the vinyl. You, there was art in there. You were, you knew all the lyrics. Like John's always like, "How do you know what songs all these albums are on?" I'm like, because I lived it. I digested it. I don't get that same experience on my phone. I'm not sitting there. Like, oh, let me see the lyrics. Let me see the artwork. Because it, it doesn't exist. And I feel all of that art came together to create an experience. And I think that experience is, it's just not there anymore. I don't, my kids are not going to know that. You know, I mean, right. even if I show them my vinyl, they're going to be like, yeah, dad, uh, I'm going to go listen on my phone. You know, like it, it was just more, it took, it took true fans to consume it, you know, and that's, and the bands got that out of it. Now, I just don't know that exists anymore. I don't think. I don't think kids are into it, and it's it's kind of a bummer. Hopefully, I, I don't know what's going to happen because at some point it's it's going to go more further crazy. Our songs just going to be like thirty second jingles because of TikTok. I mean, you go on TikTok. I don't know if you're on it, but it's like it's the same ten songs, ten seconds of the song. That's what kids know. They don't know the entire song. They don't, and it's just like you know. And don't even get me started on. I go out and see kids wearing Nirvana shirts, and it's like <laughs> there's no way you know who that is, and and. And they don't. And I know that's like an old man thing to yell about. Mm. But when we were growing up, I knew who Led Zeppelin was. I knew who Pink Floyd was. And those were bands that were further removed from where I was at in life. But I took the time to get to know them. So, yeah, I definitely went to bought a T-shirt from someone I didn't know. I'd actually be more inclined to do it now. I uh, I don't I don't get as tied up uh, uptight about that as maybe some, um, just because sometimes it, it's just a shirt. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but I, I still kind of get it. You know, because like I said, I, I saw people with Led Zeppelin shirts before I heard Led Zeppelin or knew anything about them, and, and you know, I would definitely find out more about the band before I bought you know clothing and that kind of stuff. But you know, it, it's. You're the, you're right. The toothpaste is out of the tube. You know what I mean. I don't know that. We, I think 
we you know we, you know we're we're now moving to reality we're we're kind of pining for something that you know maybe we just need to let this just be and and just realize it's much like for our parents when they were listening to mimeographs or whatever you know it's just That's a, true. it's just a different deal um but that I, I don't want to go too deep on this this is a fucking tangent but my lord can we start addressing how our attention spans are getting shorter and not just saying, yeah, well, you got to remember attention spans are shorter, so we're just going to cater to that? It's not yeah. a good thing that we can't fucking focus, man. We should be saying, no, 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 it's, just, it's, it's gone. I think that's something that can be, can be fixed. But uh, Well, I mean, the problem is corporations like Facebook, I mean, who I, is, is responsible for a, a lot mm-hmm. of bad things let's just be honest here i mean whoever wants to hear that or not as as, as many good things as a platform could have offered it's turned into oh you mean money got involved and things went off the rails yeah of course um that's that's their goal now their goal is to keep you on their platform and if it takes 10 second videos to do that because they know you like to watch 10 second videos they're going to hit you with <laughs> 10 second videos and it's going to go down to se- six seconds three seconds like i can't watch a 30 second video it's too long like i mean we're all guilty of you know time's precious i understand that but i'm scared that movies music things that take time to invest into may be gone one day you mm-hmm. know, and it's really sad because, you know, I do think about our parents like you're right. Or my grandparents, the music they listen to. I literally I don't know. I couldn't tell you any of it. I don't know what it was. And I wonder one day, are kids going to look at that like the Beatles? Or are they going to be like, who, who are the Beatles? You know, and I understand it's a little bit different the way it's progressed. But I mean, one day, do, does do kids not know who the Beatles are? I mean, it's a strong possibility that it could happen, even though they, they are branded more than artists from the 30s but i don't know one day that could be a possibility i wonder you know it seems like movies really haven't really gotten shorter um so we're okay there and and the rock bands i think you're 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 pretty dead on on just not being a mainstream thing um but who knows you know it really just takes that one one artist to just strike through um but it just doesn't seem like that that avenue is going to happen but the bands that are out there doing it they are still taking the time to craft I mean, there's some great fucking rock music from new bands that I that I you right. know we we taught on the show a lot. But as far as digital, though, I mean, think about it: we wouldn't be doing this show were it not for digital medium finding its way into the. There are positives to it, you know. I wouldn't have right. my last two CDs out there because I could have never afforded to record those. Um, right. Um, and I'm uh, fuck you, whatever you guys think out there. I don't care. I'm proud of them. Uh, you know, it's my legacy. So hey, it is what it is. But I, I take pride in that and the fact that I can do that. I do like, believe it or not, being able to uh, access and sample music pretty much at will. I don't really like though. I now I pay a little more attention than you do. I think to releases, you know, especially for records I know are coming out. Um, what I hate is that, like, I'll get up, take a shower, you know, sit down on the couch, open up Facebook, and there'll be, like, three people who are like, yeah, the new Iron Maiden sucks. And it's been out since midnight on digital platforms. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Well, I was not going to go to get it until tomorrow. I, I can't get to Target till Saturday afternoon. So The reaction to any kind of art now is instant, <laughs> and the the negative outweighs the positive. I mean, when you were growing up, you went to school or you hung out with your friends and like, Hey, have you heard that new album? Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it was a discussion. Now some dude on Twitter or or whatever social media just going, Oh, the album sucks. And you're like, 
does it? And you're like, yeah, it sucks. And if it sucks, if you think it, you know, you suck too, if you like it, and you're like, all right, dude, calm down. Like, you know, and it, it has made just, once again, we talk about polarization. It's like, you know, Kanye West is one that, that stands out to me. I mean, he drops an album at midnight. It, like you say, at twelve oh two, there's a hundred reviews written. Yeah, I'm how, like, that's how not even possible. possible. Yeah, you've not listened to this album, which the album is not very good. But the point is, <laughs> that seems to be it, the consensus. Yeah, I mean, I you know I'm a huge Kanye fan, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. But yeah, it's just I like him as a, a as a personality, but probably for the wrong reasons. Uh, but nah, although right. Gold, Gold Digger's a jam. Oh yeah, I mean his first couple of albums are great, anyway. but. Yeah, we used to look to critics. We used to look to people who had a track record of telling us, like, hey, this is good. Like, you would you would find a critic. And you'd be like, all right, does does this guy like it? Yeah. Now, user 645, oh, it sucks. Like, all right, dude. Like, you know. And as much shit as I give to Pitchfork, I, at least I admire they they are very pretentious. And I love to go read the reviews because sometimes <laughs> they're just hilarious. Like, you know. Um, at least I know there's still, I can go there and find new music, you know, off the beaten path. So there, there's still, I mean, there's still sites out there, but there it's just dwindling. So we'll see. I mean, it's crazy to think about, I saw this today that a kid born today will most likely live to the year 3000. So just let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so who knows what, you know, who knows what's going to change. I got change. a grandson on the way. Yeah. What the hell? I know, it's crazy. So in the year three, th- wait, no. <laughs> 20, 2100. 2100. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 3,000. Yeah, right. It's like, wow. Well, that's true. Well, that's you know, Futurama people, time. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, yeah. So we're 20. So, okay. So my kids' kids may. Yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah, they could. So, but we're not too far away from it. So who knows what will happen? There, there was a, a fellow podcaster who I'll, I'll, I won't name him just for his own benefit because he's a good guy and uh, I'm not really taking a shot at him. But literally, he was one of the people like Friday morning when uh, the Iron Maiden, and by the way, it's a two disc fucking monster. It's like two and a half hours long. All right. And he's got like a pole going. Uh, like which is better, Judas Priest Firepower, which is like four years old at now at this point, or this record that's been out for six minutes? And I'm like, geez, seriously, this was your yeah. poll question today? Maybe, maybe, maybe make it through the weekend before you know. It's like, oh my god! But that that <laughs> as we do on the show all the time, it's a, we're off on a tangent. So I, I guess back to the digital thing. So you have no CD, you stick with cassette. I mean, does any format, you know, because cassette was kind of taken over vinyl by the mid 80s. Yeah. CD came out and I think it would probably by 90, 91 is when, you know, that started mm-hmm. to kind of I think I think fucking Phil Collins had the first record not released on vinyl or cassette or on wow. vinyl. It was released okay. on cassette, but it right. was CD and, and, and cassette only. Um, but uh yeah, then then you get into that stuff. You still have studios, you know, that that are you charging these these giant fees and, and a lot of time. And these are pro- well put together professional studios. You still have these companies making the physical product. Do, do at some point because it, it's been debated. Did the did part of um, the record companies almost kill themselves by never really breaking that cost point uh the the of the cd down to a the the consumer too because they were getting those things basically you know at an eighth of the cost they were 10 years prior and still selling them at the same price yeah 
Well, and you know, that's what I understand. Like Spotify does not really pay the artist. Yes, of course. Um, well, that's a I, different I issue. Know. You know, I mean, digital could exist and Spotify could not be a bunch of greedy shit bags. Right. Yeah, but, I do think know, they're unrelated. <laughs> generally, record labels never wanted to pay the artist. I mean, this has been, you know, this is once again, this is capitalism. You know, the people at the top don't want to pay the people at the bottom. It's always been a skewed system. But but how come that never really affected Hollywood or TV? Because you look at Netflix, you look at you know all these streaming services that show movies and, and stuff. You don't have this pay you know disproportion from the creators. You don't hear them constantly going, "Well, I'm glad you like Stranger Things. I only made eight bucks, and it's my fucking whole idea." You know, I mean, it seems like with with TVs and movies, there's always been a good payday, even when musicians get involved, like the the that 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 shitty duo who wrote the theme song for Friends, the Rembrandts. Is that what they're called? Yeah. They they fucking probably have a nicer house than Kanye just yeah. because they got a, a song on TV. Not That's because true. they made you know, they're probably richer than fucking Metallica. Is it maybe uh, you know yeah. it's just Yeah, they could be. I mean, it's uh I that's a good question and I don't know if it has to do more with advertising dollars for, definitely for TV. I think um, it's because the people in music are gullible and dumb and they well, That's they That's just true. want to play music, you know. They're, they're so into that. Where right. I think there's there's a lot more in 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 the head of I don't know. I guess I guess it's hard to fuck over an actor. I don't know why not. You tell yeah. me, fucking. I don't know. Some of these guys are smart. No, I, I mean I would say the majority are not. <laughs> That's a good question. I yeah. I, I guess because an actor is never writing his own stuff for the most part, you know. And so you need them, whereas a band, the good bands, are writing their own stuff, and so they need someone to get their stuff out. Mm, you know, that's a, that's and maybe a nice dichotomy. You know, there, there's a little difference there, but yeah, I mean, it's regardless. But yeah, the, it is an interesting question. I wish we could uh, literally see the universe where digital never happened, because I would love to see where where it is. But like you say, unfortunately, this is where we're at. It's going to be. It's going to be crazy just to see. It's going to change, obviously. Mm-hmm. Everything's changing now, you know. And so, I, God, who knows where to be when, you know, we're old with old men. But I guess <laughs> we'll find out on that journey. So, I guess I'll still have my records I'm listening to.
I know you're not a huge fan of, of the whole hair metal scene from the 80s. I'm not a fan at all, actually, correct? Correct. Yeah. I, actually, I think I probably just heard you talk about it on your show now, now that it's kind of coming back to me. Uh, I I don't think it's shock you to know that I am. Um, right. But uh, it, 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 now, at the same time, I've always had a pretty... I, I don't know what when it happened. It's sometime towards the end of the 90s or the middle of the 90s when I started realizing that I was way too defensive about Kiss and it was kind of silly. Something, it was just a maturity thing, but then, then all of a sudden, like every the floodgates opened, and and suddenly I, I could like music and also be honest about it at the same time, and that that genre definitely is easy to to make fun of. Um, uh, but although it, it also, in many ways, when I see bands nowadays do a music video where they spoof and they dress like that era, they always miss it. It's 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 like seeing one of those TV, like a, a time travel movie where you're stuck in 85. And even though nobody had these and I never saw them in the wild, every movie that flashes back or TV show has that guy with the giant gray cell phone, you know, talking somewhere, yeah. you know, and it, like like that was the thing that was everywhere. It, they didn't. I know technically they existed, but it was like a prop at Radio Shack that never sold. I asked you for your list of what are what are some of the ones that you just hated, and you mentioned a band that is actually near and dear to my heart. So I'm going to try. Now, how old are you, Dave? You, you 44 somewhere? 44. 44. Oh, look at that. Got it right in the first guess. All right. There you go. I am going to try to convince, and I'm 50, so I'm a 50-year-old okay. man. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to make you a Wasp fan in I don't know five to ten minutes here. Let's see if we can mm. do this here. So I, I as a, as a way to, to to kind of entice you as the 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 bait or whatever you want to put on it to like to, to draw you into the the Wasp okay. Nation or whatever they call themselves. I sent you four or five songs to listen to. Did you get it? Mm. Now I couldn't help you. I I noticed you didn't download them, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I tried to, and the link was broke, but I. Okay. I did. I want to just, if I could, for a second. Yeah, I did I'll, listen to. The floor is Animal. yours. I, li- I listened to. I went on Spotify that mm-hmm. we were just talking about. I went on Spotify and listened to some of their songs. I noticed one of the songs was called "Animal." Fuck like a beast. Mm. I, if I could, I would just like to read the opening lyrics of this great tune that you sent me. Uh, I, don't know I if could probably do I mean, it I'm verbatim, sure. but uh, I'll, I'll. You're the guest. I, I, I think the listeners should just get. We'll just go over the first verse here, and I'm just going to read it as <laughs> is in the lyrics here. Remember, now I keep, got, keep, keep, I, remember the now audience you're talking it. to. <laughs> yes, I, 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 they might love this. I got pictures of naked ladies lying on their beds. I whiff that smell and sweet convulsion starts a swelling inside my head. I'm making artificial lovers for free. I start to howl in heat. I moan and growl, and the hunt drives me crazy. Was that Dickens? <laughs> uh, you know, Shakespeare. I don't know who wrote it. I, you know, I didn't know if it was a cover of an old, you know, um, Shakespeare. I'm pretty sure that's like one out. of the uh, bonus tracks on the new deluxe edition of uh, Let It Be coming out here. There you go. Yeah, it's it's John John and uh, McCartney <laughs> gave it to him. Uh, How I, would you I like did... to be Paul McCartney and listening to this show right now? And just you have to know because you had such wide influence. You pretty you even maybe not direct, but you were the, a domino that led to fuck like a beast. Like yeah. you tipped, and we got. <laughs> You might be happy. I, look, here's the thing. I'm just gonna say. I'm gonna state my. I'm, I'm kind of like the prosecution here. I've presented evidence into this courtroom today that this band 
should be removed from the face of history for this, <laughs> for these, for, for grown men. Okay. These are grown men. However, they were over 18. Some guy wrote this down somewhere, came, oh. there you go, came to his <laughs> band and said, hey guys, I've got the next big hit on my hands. Mm. Baco, if you literally wrote these lyrics down, just in a drunken stupor, would you have shared them with your band ever? You know, I probably literally wrote these lyrics, but not drunk. <laughs> when I was like 13, 14, 15, we've talked okay. about it. I, there's only one song that I actually remember. I, I got in trouble because my stepmom found my lyrics, and it was a song Uh-oh. called Power Ram. And you know, even though I, I was years away from my first sexual experience, uh, <laughs> it was, and you know, but the thing is, when you have role models like Kiss and Blackie Lawless, yeah. I wrote what I thought sex was. So, uh, but yeah, no, I I probably went to use the F word because it was still taboo back then. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I ordered this. Um, I, and boy, what an ordeal that was. I because I, I couldn't. My 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 stepmom from time to time she would write a check for me. Um, like I would give her like my paper out money and and then I'd may order kiss posters or or stuff like that. But I ordered this record. Uh, and I, I don't remember. I had to go get a money order or something like that, and then just hope to God that nobody actually opened my mail when it came. Which you know that was a pretty safe bet. But we only had one turntable in the house, and it was in the living room. Oh, I could boy. only so I had this thing, but you know I, I was you know fourteen years old. I had to wait for that rare moment that I was home alone where nobody was home. None of my siblings and my parents, because they would have ratted my ass out. I had to hide this thing under my bed. Uh, and boy, just just worth it. Blackie Lawless is the singer. Do you, now, do you know the, the characters involved here? Yes, I, I've definitely heard you guys discuss them. Okay. I'm kind of familiar with them, yeah. And Chris Holmes has a documentary which is available on Prime. Uh, I definitely think it's worth, uh, especially what, now that it's I'll, free. What's it called? I will watch it. A mean, uh, mean man. Yeah. And it's about Wasp, the band. Well, it's actually about one guy that was in the okay. band. And, okay. of course, they talk a lot of Wasp. But, yeah, it's it's an hour and 20 minutes. So you blast through it quick. Uh, and it's, uh, it is as glorious as you would think a guy okay. from Wasp would, uh, be doing 30, 40 years later. They just announced, by the way, their 40 year, uh, world tour, their 40th wow. anniversary world tour. And once again, they haven't played America in 10 years. So, uh, a quick Wasp story. The last time they, they were going to play here in the Twin Cities, they were playing at a bar that I've actually played at before and after, um, just shows you where they were in their career arc. Uh, but Blackie refused to play. It was thankfully it was like a, it was like Stephen Piercy and a, it was like a, one of those '80s metal bills that were going around. Right. Um, but he has this ridiculous mic stand that's basically almost like climbing up into a motorcycle, and it, it's like 15 feet tall. Well, this is a bar; they didn't have room on you know. The, so so he refused to play, uh, and of course took his guarantee. But uh, uh, yeah. Wow. Now he he found the Lord at some point. I'm not sure what mm. led him there. Um, but he's also one of the, the those... He's the type of Christian that drove me away from church. That's all I'll put it that mm. way. He's just a total shitbag as a human being. He's, his business business ethics are not that... They're pretty fucking shady. But, you know, he likes to be high and mighty and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, we joked that he, like, one day he woke up and realized he was throwing meat into the crowd and wondering what he's doing with his life. And then he saw a Bible in the hotel room and that changed mm. everything. So... 
Now, uh, does he? So does he still perform like songs like that? Yeah, or? no, he won't play "Fuck Like a Beast" to my knowledge. Okay. Um, no, he That's... has stopped playing that. Not and look, he's actually tackled a lot of more interesting uh, topics and things like that. But I think Wasp is fun to talk about in the sense, almost like Kiss, because they're just so ridiculous. I mean, and and he. Their their first vinyl, like you know that little etching where they 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 crawl like a little scratch like a little number in that little inner ring, it mm-hmm. says we are sexual perverts in there in, in the first pressings of the vinyl. He which is wasp, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, the, he has gone on to deny that they ever said that or ever meant that. And like, okay, you know, look, mm. maybe you regret it, but that's a bit revisionist to say that you never said it. That's just you know flat out not true, right? Uh, and then, of course, he started pushing everybody off the front cover into the back cover while he stayed on the front cover pretty mm. much after the first record. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. He, he moved from bass to guitar, but I I've, I like him as a singer. I Actually, the first four records I can still listen to for the most part. The debut album is an amazing... It, it's very... It, I kind of wish they could have been stuck in that vein because that's closer to like a Motorhead kind of vibe. Uh, uh, okay. the, they, they weren't... As campy, as much as like fuck, like the beast was more of kind of like a. I think that was some kind of I don't know what do you, what do you want to call that uh, promotional kind of. It, it wasn't meant to. They're just trying to stir up some controversy. Um, okay. But uh, they definitely they would talk about things that other bands were talking about. I'm talking about sex and that th- type of nature, but more in a in a way that wasn't so like you know like uh, the way Motley Crue and Rat did, where it was kind of campy and stuff of that nature. But at the same time, you know, they're talking about, you know, S&M sex and things that are probably <laughs> a little a little, a little, beyond the scope of what my brain should have been digesting at the time. But I had already been listening to Kiss since the age of seven. So any chance of me having any proper sexual maturity in my life was gone by the time I was 10. So, uh, but, but, that, but that, I mean, that's what those bands spoke to, right? I mean, they, they were speaking to preteen kids or, or loser Teenagers, mm-hmm. with you just lyrics me a loser. about <laughs> like you know, I mean, I, and I dig some Kiss. I don't hate all the the Kiss. I mean, some of the early stuff I think is is great. But and I've argued with this with my brother in law repeatedly. But you know, Love Gun and and things like that, Lick It Up. I mean, obviously, it's targeting dudes that weren't getting laid into thinking <laughs> like, hey, you could be like us, man, and you could, uh, you know, lick it up. And it's like, I think, you know, I, I, I'm just, I just missed it. You know, I, I think sometimes in life you just miss things, you know, like it, the thing goes by you and you're just like, yeah, bye. See you oh, later. I definitely did not get any of it. I actually bought the bullshit they would say too. Like lick it up is about getting as much out of life as you can get. You know, I mean, I would read the Paul Stanley interviews. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm about, man. Positivity, you know. Um, and the the weird thing is that like I'm kind of glad. It's like you know, it's like the, one of the one of the the things I've always equated Kiss to almost like like my relationship with my father it was like I was you know obviously you know when he passed away it it, it was. I still think about him all the time. He's still there. He's still hovering. But the the th- the one thing that that I kind of like hit me when he did die was that like I was thankful that I didn't necessarily need him because he was a good father because he did right. his job. He was there for me as a father. Now here's where I get twisted. When Kiss mattered and really could make a positive impact in my life, they did. They have zero shot at doing that now in my life. Like they couldn't right. release a new record where it was like, man, that just really speaks to 
oh, I got a colonoscopy coming up, and I'm a little, you know, I mean, there's just nothing they could do, you know. Maybe they should, though. Yeah. There's a whole audience there, you know. <laughs> yeah, now, you listen in, Gene. Yeah, Gene, Gene and Paul, baby, we got your back. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird comparison, I know. But like I, I've I've definitely discussed it on the show. So so the, a lot of listeners have heard me get into the kind of that like teenage period when Wasp came into the picture, and Kiss was something that kind of anchored me through some kind of rough days and 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 just not feeling like you know like the world is there for me. But I just don't need that anymore. Uh, right. Just like you know, I I I'm fortunate that I can provide for myself and my family, and and my my father did a good job. Other than Maybe uh, checking out the kind of music I was listening to. <laughs> <laughs> My dad. We uh, there's a, I just had a birthday and a, and a buddy of mine from he posted a picture of me and, and a couple other guys, me, him, and one other dude. On my 15th birthday, driving to <laughs> the mall, and I bought the Wasp tape, uh, The Last Command, that day. And my dad, God bless his heart, and he would do this all the time. He let me put that fucker in the car. And we are listening to just some of the most blatant, you know, like there's a song in there called Sex Drive. I mean, what do you think that's about, Dave? Uh, hey, my dad's oh, name is David, by the way. Uh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So but anyway, uh, God bless him. Uh, he was a very patient man. Um, basically, I th- a lot of times I just don't think he knew what the fuck to do with me when it came to the music stuff. Um, but uh, he always, uh, you know, the, the, I think the the, the biggest uh whip he ever cracked was asking me to close the door if i was going to play the music loud there you go so i mean there's something to that you know i mean i I think he recognized hey this you know and and look i mean is is music that bad is you know you've always heard all these people listen to marilyn manson just chill out people i mean it's just music and and teenagers are always going to find something that they want to offend their parents you know deep down in some way because they're kind of rebellion and finding themselves and I think it's kind of cool. I mean, like my dad was not introducing me to that. Uh, we were definitely going a different path music wise with my dad, but um, I wish he probably would have hit me up with some wasp instead of <laughs> I've talked about before. So Barry Manilow or Elvis Presley all the time. So, you know, maybe, maybe wasp might've changed my life a little. Who knows? Yeah, yeah man, baby. Now, you know what? Uh, is, look, the, the, the outfits were silly. Blackie lawless is a stupid name. Um, but honestly, I, I enjoy a songwriting. I mean, and it, it progressed actually in, in the nineties and stuff, but, uh, I, the first four records are really my jam. And if you, if I was literally going to try to like get you to like, like anything by Wasp, it would be their fourth record, the headless children, because it, it but you have to kind of like, I don't know. You're not a big metal fan at all. Right. Like, it, yeah. So not particular. I just, this, I don't know the sound, the tone, it just, yeah, like, okay. You know, I don't hate it. I will listen to some of it, but it's just not. Yeah, it's just one of those. If you're like, what genre do you not like? Definitely like pop country. But then, you know, metal would probably be right behind it. You okay. Know? Yeah. So I, the, my point is that, like, I don't really know that there's to me, that is a record that you can take serious. You can listen to it. They did a fucking amazing cover. And I hate covers of the real me by the who. Uh, okay. I think it's it's probably better than the Who's version. At least I prefer it. But and I don't say that a lot. I typically shred covers. I think they're a waste of time. Um, but that said, uh, yeah, look, I just really thought it was funny. Like you know, of course, the fourteen year old in me is like, how do you not like Wasp? And I'm like, and, you know, right. I'm, I'm just picturing myself time traveling back and sitting my sitting now next to myself going. All right, in 35 years, you're going to be trying to convince a 44-year-old man that Wasp kicks ass. 
once Wasp does now announce some um, U.S. dates, I assume you and I will be picking a destination date to go to one of the shows together. What? Let's go. Lawless, bring the bring the motorcycle microphone chair or whatever it is. I want to see this. I mean, that actually almost makes me want to go see it. But yeah, let, let's go. We'll, it Minnesota. probably is a fun show, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, you're going to hate the music. Okay. As an ode to my guest, we are going to close the show with the way you guys do on Blame Your Brother with a uh, Mount Rushmore uh, kind of list here. Um, so the, the, the list we're going to do today is we're going to do worst bands of the 90s. I think the criteria is set, and by the way, you don't have to be too firm on this or, or, or research to confirm it. I just want them to be somebody that people have known of because I, if we were really being serious, the worst bands are probably bands that never even you know made it you know to, to our radar. Right. But I started thinking, I came across a ton of female artists from, from the 90s that just are... Let me just go down this list. I I, do, I cannot stand any of these people. Okay. Uh, as musicians, I don't know them personally. I'm sure they're all wonderful, <laughs> wonderful human beings. Uh, Lisa Loeb, Jewel, Alanis Morissette literally made people stupider with the song "Ironic." Sean Colvin, what was? Lullaby. Lullaby. Okay. Who did "Sunny Came Home"? Was that Paula Cole? Or was she? No, Paula, no, Paula, Paula, Paula Cole was where did. the Cowboys roam. Yeah, Paul did Cowboys. Uh, Sonny came home. God, I can't. If you said the name, I know it. But yes, I, anyway, I, know I, I thought it was Sean Colvin. But anyway, Sean Colvin sucks. Maybe too. it is. <laughs> and Sarah McLaughlin and that whole fucking. You can see all these shitty artists on that fucking Lilith Fair tour. Uh, but I, I just want to be before you let you go. I want to make one thing clear. I am not. There are some amazing female artists from that time too. Um, just real quick, Cheryl Crow, Tracy Bonham. Uh, I count garbage because they they're female fronted. Yeah. Ver- Veruca Salt, um, Patty Rothberg. Love the, the 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 record that she did with that song Inside. That whole album is amazing. And Liz Fair might be the most important female artist of that decade. So uh, I I'm sharing some love too. I'm not trying to be sexist or misogynist there. I it just I'm like I, I was kind of researching and prep for my actual list of worst bands, and I was like. God, there was just a glut of shitty fucking CW TV theme song writing women. It's just... Uh. I'm just going to have to... A lot of those artists you named was fans of them. And then I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> love Lisa Loeb. Love oh, Jewel. God. I love Sarah McLaughlin. I like Sarah McLaughlin. I met a girl I, and we were kind of, you know, kind of dating. And she introduced me to... Her two favorite artists were Deftones and Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, that's a duo. That that is, and so I I got into both. And do I listen to these artists today? No, not really. But um, <laughs> at the time, you know, eh. but yes, I could see how people would not like them. I understand. <laughs> God, you're I, being too kind. Come on. Uh, well, I mean, look, I, I'm gonna this Mount Rushmore. I'm going to list bands that I will legitimately say I liked this band in the nineties. Oh, but really? I will admit, I will admit. They're not very good. And I think, like we said earlier, you've just got to be honest. If you like McDonald's, you can like McDonald's. But you also have to say it's not very good food. (laughs) That's how I always look at it. Absolutely. Look, I'm a bit of a foodie. But I also I can devour a McRib, and and anytime I post right. a p- picture of a fucking McRib, my God, it's just like it's it's half people over celebrating, and half like you know that's not really proper rib. It's like my God, it's McDonald's, it's garbage. Right. It, I, I compare it to if you want to get any interaction on Twitter, <laughs> just put 
pineapple on pizza it sucks and people would just come out like all right but i will say this the reason i probably i love jewel like i I wanted to marry jewel i love lisa loves i I like i liked them because they were kind of like cute females i was kind of had crushes on too if they were hideous i'll just be honest with you this may get me canceled but i don't know if i'd have liked them as much just keeping it real at the time but you did name a lot of good artists and Garbage to me is probably at the top of the list. So you know. okay, fair enough. Um, the, yeah, I just I just wanted to be fair and balanced because women get so much shit in the world as it is. It is. I, I'm trying to prove that I'm somewhat objective. I'm just don't I don't right. hate it in general. Um, because honestly, I think with I'm a big hard rock guy. It is really difficult to be good at hard rock if you're a woman, in my personal opinion. And that is probably a little bit sexist, but I just, anytime I hear it, it's just difficult. But you get into that kind of softer stuff. You got like your Stevie, you want to go historical, like Stevie Nicks or Hart. Mm-hmm. These are artists that, that it, it fits them better. Their voices can stand out and be unique. Um, it's just difficult with hard rock and metal, I think. And God bless 100%. the ones that try them, but. I can't. Right. There aren't many that I actually give a shit about. Right. All right, but but on to today's uh, Mount Rushmore. Now, if I understand the rules right, and correct me if I'm wrong, basically once you pick something, it, I can no longer pick it. Correct, and right, vice correct. versa. Yes. That way, we end up with two kind of different. Um, right. right. Yes. Yes. Now, is so. there any other kind of like way you break this down behind the scenes that I need to know about? No, we just pick, and then we just we just give a little short explanation as to why, and you know, you hope that the other person doesn't grab all of yours. You generally, we generally want to come with eight. I come with seven, so I've got some backups in my head, so I should be good. You know, as long as, you know, because a lot of time I got eight. when you're picking first or second, the guy's going to grab your first one. So okay. you know, it's 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 kind of a strategic. Mount so Rushmore. is this like drafting a fantasy football team? You want to go exactly. big yes. early. Don't don't yes. save the big one for later. All right, but you yes. are the guest, so you do have honors. What is Ooh. your number one worst band of the nineties? Well, I think there's a, a clear number one, and if if you don't pick this, if you didn't, if you had number one and you didn't pick this band, you're wrong. But it's Creed. <laughs> Creed is the worst nineties band. Of all time, the, the guy, the, the earnestness the, destroyed the band. The songs were just not that good. Higher Arms became wide like a, a, open. I mean, he was everyone like, dude, stop trying to be Eddie Vedder. Stop trying to be. And I'm sure he sounded like that naturally. Just unfortunate no, for him. No, that was definitely a crafted I, sound. And I will, I will say this: a lot of these bands that make an appearance today. We're at 99 Woodstock. Coincidence? I think not. And Creed was at 99 Woodstock. And I, when I think of the 90s shitty bands, they are my number one without a doubt. This might shock you. Not even, they didn't even make my eight. Uh, wow, okay. But maybe because I, I kind of view them more towards the 2000s. I mean, really, uh, but if they were at Woodstock 99, they had already made... Look, they clearly are a band that came out in the 90s, so I'm not debating right. that. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think too many of mine... I, off the top of my head, I, I don't know that any of mine were actually at Woodstock 99. Wow, okay. So we're going to have that completely different list, which is good. Okay, I love this. So. All right. I'm going to open up with, man, Jesus, I don't know where to go. Because uh, I do now feel like I almost like... When I see how we're, I'm kind of like you. I probably can pick any four I want. I'm not sure you right. have any of these, man. Yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna open up with Dishwalla. Um, oh, that fucking and 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 t- you brought up Woodstock '99. I think a lot of the bands I'm gonna talk about. If did you see the documentary on HBO? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. And they kind of talked about the misogyny and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. that they, I think a lot of that kind of like just that misogynistic overreaction of that era 
which by the way I 100% I was there it was it really did happen is because of bands like this just being too much of the polar opposite. So right. you get Limp Biscuits coming out and, and white men going, yeah, you know what I mean? It's uh, But yeah, Dishwalla, counting blue cars, you pretentious fuck. Tell me all your thoughts on God. I'm on my way to meet her. her. Oh, it's like, oh my God. God's a woman? What? It's just have, like, you seen, have you seen Dishwalla live? Because not even on accident, I've seen them multiple times. Because every time (laughs) I went to a musical fest in Nashville, they were playing with someone. I've seen this Uh, band probably six or seven times in my life, and I wish I'd seen maybe nine. I had no idea. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, But my God, yeah, fuck dish walla, Jesus. I just yeah, uh, not bad one. All right, what do you got? All right, so I'm gonna go. Well, since I know you don't have a lot of uh, 99 bands, Woodstock bands, that's good. So I'm going to go with who you just mentioned. I, do I, did I like this band at the time? Yes. Do I look back and realize, terrible band? I still kind of like them, but <laughs> Limp Biscuit was a terrible 90s band. And people can, say, people can say whatever they want. And like I said, I had the red backwards baseball hat, mm-hmm. and I was being a, a total doofus. And I, I thought, Nookie, what a great song. That's as bad as Wasp. Fuck like a beast. I mean, it is just. And gonna, hey, oh, carry on, carry on. No, I got I got songs mixed up. Okay, I was like, you can take that cookie and stick it up your. I mean, come on, man. What? Yes. Oh, so terrible. Um, do I still listen to Limp Biscuit? Yeah, a little bit. Just gonna be honest with you, a little bit every once in a while. Um, I think it just takes me back to that time in my life, and I think you can. I think uh, West Borland is it's just good enough where you can make it listenable but fred durst what a clown there's a lot of bands where the lead singer ruins it for me and this is one but mm. yeah limp biscuit terrible that song nookie is frustrating for me because about two-thirds of it i i just love and i just i like i still like hearing it i like it. but then the like literally i cannot stand that fucking point like stick it up it's but, but the riff is, yeah, the riff is badass. I mean, but the, the lyrics, man, come on. Like, I, the dude was on MTV. They were making their their album, Results May Vary. It was the third album. It was the second album after this one. And they were like, Fred, all the music's written. Uh, we don't have any lyrics. He goes, I'm just going to go in there and wing it, man. I'm like, yeah, that 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 makes sense, brother. Like, I can yeah. see that. <laughs> he was Ugh. a fucking tool, man. Yeah. Uh, I remember they did, remember that show MTV Diary? Yes. Uh, all right. Well, um, Fred Durst had to cancel a show because he had uh, um, sprained his ankle the previous night or something like that, right? right. And then they show him kind of like leaning on it in his hotel room. He's like, no, man, I can't go. And then he's like on the phone with Kid Rock, who was the opening act, and he asked if it was our kid. Kid wanted his permission to like, I'm going to still go out and do a show for people that want to go, right? It's just so fucking ridiculous. And then Fred literally goes to a tit bar. He's too hurt to go play a show, so he's going to go to a titty bar. And he, and I'm just like, and he knows it. He's like, yeah, you know, you, the fans still want me to have a good time. I'm oh, like, my yeah. Jesus. Uh, uh. Yeah, but I saw Limp Biscuit uh, before they broke. They opened for Primus, and so that was I, I. I was surprised to actually see them grow because they were so aggressive. Not what right. they kind of became. That that first three dollar bill y'all record is a lot different than what they did. It's good, it is a good album. Yeah, first so, one. Anyway, uh, I don't actually think they're a bad band, but uh, I get it. Actually, I 
they're, they're probably uh, they would show up on a lot of people's list for this right now. I, I think I think a lead singer can derail a, a good band. I, that's my thoughts on it. Just uh, kind of my thoughts on the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think they're a great band, but Anthony Kiedis almost takes them off the rails. So yeah, all right. Um, I'm I'm gonna take a little inspiration from you. This is the the, okay. the lyric that I thought for a second might have been Dishwalla, but I remember it's a different band on my list, and that is Eve Six. Is oh, come ju- on. is just come garbage. On. No, come on. Oh my god! But it, doesn't Fred kind of like use that that like uh uh put my tender heart in a blender line is yes. actually in that song Inside Out from You Sick. Oh, and the weird thing about that song is that I can actually do a little Snoop Dogg rap. I can't remember what what song it is. I'm I'm just gonna uh you know it's like when you get to that chorus it's like what well, i can't remember what the, the chorus is but 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 i always go snoop dog but it, it's in that melody it's like roll up my window blaze up some indo get toe down with my n- in the pen yo i almost dropped the n-word there, there accidentally uh, uh, <laughs> that been, that been great. <laughs> hey i can edit it out but uh yeah, yeah i caught good. it i was like I, I don't know what it is though the syncopation of those two things which don't sound alike at all when you play them back to back but right oh eve six come on bro well, you know, Eve Six came back to light on Twitter a while back because I forget what it was, but somebody was like clowning on them, and then some people came to their defense. This was like a couple months ago. This was during the pandemic, and they kind of got their second um, renaissance. But I mean, I, they didn't really do anything with it. But yeah, they're definitely one of those poster bands of things that were wrong with the '90s. I will give you that. I mean, it was right. it was a whole class of those dudes. All right, what's up? Okay. Uh, we're going to have to go with, I'm going to kind of go, this to me is a 90s band. I think they had all of their major big hits in the 90s. Went to the concert, one of the worst experiences of my <laughs> life. That's the Dave Matthews band. I cannot stand uh. those guys. Uh, I, I think, you notice all mine kind of have douchey lead singers, you know, like Scott Stapp, <laughs> Fred Durst, Dave Matthews. And uh, that song if you heard Crash one time, you heard it 25 billion songs. I'm the it's king of the gross castle. Too. It's yes. A, it is very, it's I'm the king of the castle, you dirty little rascal. I like, okay, dude, please stop. But I went to one of their shows and it was the most frat bro, hippie, ingested crowd I've ever seen in my life. Like I had one guy, don't know this dude, his arm is around me for two entire songs. He's just like, bro. We're having the best time it's ever been had in the world. I went, oh my god! So yeah, that's uh, yeah, can't can't get down with that. So that's one of my terrible bands of the nineties. They were uh, on my radar, but I just I, I went with different choices. But they were definitely one that I was like, yeah, 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 yeah fuck Dave Matthews band. And uh, I, I I'm with uh my my co-host LC that yeah worst worst fans ever. Yeah, uh, you I'll, just you just seem to cement that. Um, yes, hundred percent. All right, I'm gonna go big a little now. Um, Matchbox Twenty is just the, the most annoying <laughs> fucking act of the. I, this really should have been my number one. Uh, Rob Thomas, uh, my God, if just everything. I don't. This is that. What was the name of their debut album? Uh, it had. Push, uh, uh, push through this i think okay maybe i'm thinking of something else but uh, maybe a lot of pretentious album titles came from these kind of like white boy i know you like counting crows kind of that whole genre of uh oh hooting the blowfish kind of shit you know and it's just like i don't know i just this again is that like oversensitive male 
you know, uh, and this, you know, what? As much as they you, you they were the blame for the overcorrection, I can also blame them for John Mayer. Yes. Okay. So their first album was yourself or someone like you. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so it uh, makes you think. But yeah, I gotta yeah. say, Baco, it's no fuck kinda... like a beast, man. <laughs> I like I like that I like that first Mad Fuck twenty album I really do and I saw him in concert not too long ago and I uh, I think me and John he's got tickets to go see them we were supposed to go see them in twenty twenty <laughs> it got canceled they played with Counting Crows we saw them in twenty nineteen we were going to see him in twenty twenty and it got canceled but I think it may be the Wallflowers now so maybe I don't get the joy of seeing Matchbox twenty but. Hey, I get it. My brother-in-law hates Matchbox Twenty with a passion. This is the guy who loves before. Kiss. Uh, the guy who hates Kiss. Oh, yes. hates. Okay, so hates, hates Kiss. kiss yes, and uh, he he references that video for Push, where the guy where Rob Thomas is trying to be a tough guy and he comes through and pushes the door <laughs> open. He said it's the worst moment in video history, and I may have to agree with him. It's pretty. It's pretty bad, man. It's. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. A little bit of my inspiration was that I know you're a fan of the 90s stuff. And yeah. and I was like, I, I guarantee I'm going to shit on some people that he likes. Oh, I lo- I, yeah. Trust me. I get it. I, I give John hell, my co-host, for liking him. But, and my brother used to always give him hell. But, you know, they they were with the work. I'm honestly, after that first album, they kind of lose it for me. They, yes, they, it, it He's a douchebag too, so I guess we're seeing a common theme here. That's for sure. He's got a square head too. Not a lot of yeah. lead singers have square round heads. All right, what's uh, what's your last? What's number four? Okay, for you? so my last one. This to me, this is a '90s band because um, their first album came out in '97, but then their big hit came out in 1999. They were recently in the news. This may be the douchiest lead singer <laughs> of any band that's ever existed. If you have children, you know this band. If you've walked around in life, you know this band. But that's Smash Mouth. They epitomized just the end of the 90s and everything that was just so wrong with music. Um, I've just heard stories about this guy from people that that were around him. He sounds like a terrible guy. And All-Star, my God, if I was stuck in a room and that song was playing for 24 hours, I would kill myself just treating it. I couldn't do it. I mean, I could not do it, you know. And having kids and watching the Shrek movie and hearing it, I was like, oh, please make this stop. It's uh, it's just a... and they were a band that just started doing covers like, hey, let's do the monkeys. I'm a believer. And there was another cover they did. And I went, oh, man, like, guys, I feel sorry for them, kind of truthfully. So but, yeah, I don't know. You saw they were there was a big TikTok video where a fan well, a person went to their show and he was so drunk. He couldn't stand up. He dropped his beer middle of the show. He was threatening people in the crowd. I'm going to kill all of you. Shut up. And it was just it was bad. So I, I saw them, unfortunately, I think. Ugh twice now um but because of uh, other people on the bill my wife loves uncle cracker they were the the band okay. opening for actually no th- 
Thank God Uncle Cracker opened. Um, okay. But uh, I, I had press passes, but it was at a casino. And even though I had press and photo credentials, I was not allowed to take my camera in. Are so, you serious? Yeah. They didn't wow. have it because the uh, tribal laws with, with standing in front of like seats that people might be from the tribal council, you can't block them and stuff. Wow. So. So the thing is, like, I was kind of stuck. Like, I, you know, I was there to review the show, but fortunately, my wife was just like, "I can't take any more fucking Smash Mouth." Now he wasn't hammered, but he showed up dressed like my dad. Uh, I was just yeah. like, "What the, the? Are you even in a band, man?" But uh, I do feel bad because I, I heard the announcement recently about him retiring. Not bad that he's quitting, but I, it's like when like someone like you think sucks doesn't get fired. They they get they get cut for like like yeah. there there's a like a local sports guy that I just hated and in a cost cutting move he was let go and okay. I'm like I would prefer him to be ceremoniously fired for just right. being horrible like yes. Queen Latifah I want I, I want Pizza Hut to come out and say we were wrong to ever hire her because she sucks. But yeah, so I was disappointing that like you know I, I just don't feel good that the guy's got some sounds like some serious health issues, uh, probably related to him drinking on stage. But uh, well, yes, uh, I've, I've heard he does a lot more than that. But yeah, uh, the Queen Latifah thing. I'm glad you said that. Uh, she's an enigma to me, always has been. But she literally has a new show coming out where she's like this badass chick beating up people. And I went, who in the hell is this marketed toward? Yeah. Who I don't know. It's so weird. But anyway, she is like an enigma is the perfect word. I I think um, if anything, I thought she was credible as a rapper in the eighties, even though it wasn't my cup of tea. I really right. can't take pot shots at her for there. But as an actress, I don't know. Well, I guess I got my fourth here. Um, yeah. All right. Well, boy, I got a few to choose from here. Um, so uh, we, was we, tough. We, we can we can uh, share each other as also rans when we're done. Okay. Um, boy. I, I kind of want to go Hootie and the Blowfish, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Cardigans. I just, everything from, I mean, per, perfect name because it sounds as boring as their fucking music. And they just should have just. I don't never existed. I just uh, this again. This whole era of the '90s was like like such a a low dip in the curve, man. Um, and it, yeah, it it, it it turned into Woodstock '99. These bands it, yeah. are all responsible. Well, I'm I'm glad you didn't list Hootie because I I am a Hootie fan. And when I talked earlier about going to get a CD on opening mm-hmm. day, <laughs> I, I got Hootie. I got Hootie's second disc opening day. Um, now, Cardigans, that's interesting. I was not a fan, but my brother was, and he had the CD, and he would play it a lot. And, uh, yeah, I, that got quick, fast. It's definitely uh, elevator music is the best way to put it. I mean, Love Fool, decent single, but, you know, it. once again, singles have a way of uh, getting in your brain and, and not escaping. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd forgotten about them, but, uh, oof. Uh, well, then I, now I'm sorry. I brought, now I wish I what an error of music, you know. <laughs> uh, well, you did not literally pick one band that I had on my list. So, wh- who else did you have? I had uh, Sugar Ray. Um, <laughs> they play with Smash Mouth a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to pick one. I had Sublime, who I cannot. Oh, Jesus, oh I'm with you there. Hundred percent. Oh, they're terrible. So IC- overrated. Yeah. Just yeah. Oh, I don't know. Two songs. And I, see, I had ICP as well. Kind of as a kind of a you know. 
Does anybody take them are. serious though? I mean, I, I I don't know. I feel like people. I feel like their fans do. But you know, I would love. I would go. I would love to go to the gathering. I would be a little bit afraid to go, but I would <laughs> love to go to one of those one day. But I I don't know. I, I've seen videos of it. it. Looks scary. But yeah, that's so that's all mine. I had. Who, are you, are you familiar yours? with that song? Uh, where he talks about magnets. Fucking magnets. How do they work? Oh, my also rans were the gin blossoms. Uh, mm. I mentioned Hootie and the Blowfish, Third mm-hmm. Eye Blind, and Love Better em. Than Ezra. Love them. Better Than Ezra um, actually live around here. And wow. my, my wife's friend... I love all those bands you just named, by the way. And <laughs> non-ironically, I do love them all. But um, yeah, Ben and Ezra lives around here, and my um, wife's friend... The whole band? Like in one house? <laughs> I guess I, I guess it's just the lead dude. So my wife's friend, uh, their kids go to school, and he was over at her house one day, and she's a huge Bare Naked Ladies fan, who ugh. I actually like as well. And Should have put them in this fucking So list. basically, she went over to... By the way, to, they're, they're fucking sitting high on the hog from the Big Bang theme. Yeah, that's true. They're making money. But I guess the bare naked lady guy and the better than Ezra guy <laughs> got together and were putting out a, a, an album or EPs and she was there to witness this and she was I mean, she's a huge bare naked lady fan. She's from Canada, so she was losing her mind, but I I've seen I've I've met I've been like 5 feet from the better than Ezra guy. I don't even know his name. Just better I than probably Ezra have guy. too, but uh that's only cuz we shop at the same grocery store. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. It, yeah. I mean, I, you know, do I listen? To, I listen. I still listen. Better than Ezra. I, I feel they have some good deep cuts that people don't know about. But a lot of those bands were better left in the past. You know. You ever heard of a band called the Gear Daddies? I don't know how much they got out of Minnesota. Nah, I don't think so. Okay, they they um they had some national pub, but they were definitely big here. And I worked at when I was in college. The the girl I worked at the radio station with was like, oh, she was just a huge fan, and she was like, oh, I would just die to meet them. And I'm like, well, I'm. They're probably in the fucking Austin phone book. Just, just look up. Just look them up. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. But uh, that was my cheap shot at better, better than Ezra. But uh, there you go. Uh, you know what's better? What's Norm McDonald had a great better than Ezra joke. <laughs> Here we go. Go ahead. And in music news, number one on the college charts this summer was better than Ezra, and at number two. Ezra, one of the one of the great comedians of our generation, uh, oh, at least yes. in my opinion, I thought he was hilarious. Yes, so gone for not forgotten. All right, Dave. Well, thank you very much. Always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, good to see you in Nashville again this summer. I'm glad Elsie finally got to get a face to face with you, and, and we appreciate you coming on the show every time. Uh, tell us, of course, most people know we, 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 but remind them how they can find you. Talk about your show. Promote yourself, man. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, Blame Your Brother. I'm one half of that podcast. My co-host John and me record every Thursday night. So you can go check that out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Blame Your Brother. Or just grab the new episodes on Friday. It's myself and John discussing our lives, current events, and then we do our Mount Rushmore every week. This week we're doing uh, Best Halloween, the Mount Rushmore of Halloween costumes. So that will be a fun one. And like I said, available on all the podcast platforms. Just search for Blame Your Brother. It will pop up. Stop by the live chat. We'd love for you to hang out and just tell your friends about the show if you like it. You know, yeah, get, right get in that Mount Rushmore discussion.
candy corn is the ultimate. It, you only see it at Halloween. Yeah. I mean, if you go in someone's house and you see it and it's not Halloween, get out because you might be murdered. <laughs> you know, it's a serial killer. Well, my, so. my wife loves fucking candy corn. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 